0: precious kinklings we're your friendly neighborhood kinksters i'm jen and i'm eden and today we're going to talk about building your reputation in the scene and gossip hello
1: and welcome to the case for kinky podcast this podcast discusses adult topics so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18 please stop listening now also while miss jen is a therapist the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions.
0: Whoa, it's almost July at this point. Happy, happy end of June, everybody.
1: June gloom. I was trying to think of something associated I know, with June. I was
0: June. W- watching your face and I could see the mathematical equations <laughs> popping out of your head as you're like, something to do um yeah it's june it's the end of june um and next month is very special because it's the month miss was born in um and she'll be is. accepting gifts from now until the end of the year so if you would like to wow. present her with any gifts any balloons any songs or festivals um miss Chen festivals now is the oh time to begin planning that um but yeah, Miss Jen, I'm really excited that your birth your birth month's coming up. Are you? What are you most looking forward to for your birth month?
1: Kinky karaoke.
0: Oh yeah, why? What day is Kinky on. karaoke?
1: Day I turn my birthday happens at midnight.
0: Her her birthday is on July twenty or July um, July sixteenth. Oh. Sorry, her birthday's on July sixteenth, and Kinky karaoke is on July fifteenth. Yep. So if you would like to come join us to celebrate Miss Jen's birthday, um, come see us at Kinky karaoke on July fifteenth at Sanctuary Studios in Los Angeles.
1: Plug i was just i was gonna tie it into the episode and say spread the word ooh, gossip about my birthday
0: gossip about kinky karaoke and miss jen's weirdly long birthday month that lasts from july into december that's not true you just made that up julember i was born in julember (laughs) um so today we're gonna be talking about uh building reputation in the scene and also the impact of gossip um obviously gossip is not a word that means good things although it is very fun to say gossip 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 it it does it sound to you like a food you'd want to eat like if someone's like here's a nice big bowl of gossip i'd be like ooh, let me eat that no sounds good it sounds like it would it sounds like it would taste like like a kind of sweet like a syrupy type of food gossip the ancient eden is uh, fuck me i don't give a shit (laughs) I i can't follow this i can't finish this joke the point is, um, as good sounding as gossip is to possibly eat, it's not typically something that <laughs> don't we eat gossip. <laughs> we don't normally like to like to talk about gossip in in positive terms, um, and uh, so I do want to draw a distinction today as we're moving forward in this conversation. We'll be talking about the importance of your reputation in the scene and how to build your reputation. Uh, Things that you should avoid doing so that you don't damage your own reputation. Um, We might talk a little bit, actually, I forgot to put this down on the bullet points, we might talk about uh, how to repair your reputation. Um, But then we're also going to discuss the difference between vetting and gossiping and um, why it's important to be able to make that distinction and why it's important to be discerning when you're hearing things from other people in the scene. So that's kind of what we're going to be covering today.
1: Um, Michelle, Jen, you start us off? Okie dokie. Um, so, Reputation, well, okay, think, is anybody out there, raise of hands, from a small town? You pause to wait for a very long time until you realize there's no live audience. Well, you can raise your hand to yourself if you're from a small town. Um, the scene is kind of like that, in that, you know, like a small town, things... Information can spread like wildfire, and people's reputations can be affected by what is spread, right? Um, And in the scene, it's very similar to that in that we are basically a small community. Well, at least in Los Angeles. Even in LA, which is one of the larger communities compared to others, it is still a small community. And especially with things now like the internet, information can spread. It doesn't have to be from person to person. It can be spread quite easily. Um, And so it's something to be aware of and something to care about uh, because, you know, a lot of the things we talk a lot about things like vetting, right? And when we vet somebody, a lot of what we vet is based on what other people have to say or what other people have heard some of it hopefully is also from firsthand observation right but so much of it is based on relying on others so it really is your currency in the scene in terms of your reputation be it good or bad it is it says a lot yeah so
0: so Michelle kind of went over this just now, but obviously your reputation can be negative or positive. And you actually, luckily, have a decent amount of control over the growth of your, your reputation to a, to, to a point. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about this for a second. Um, we're going to go over some positive ways that you can build your, your reputation in the scene. Um, the first is the Don't most... Don't
1: be a douche. Episode the- over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So the positive version of that is um, being kind to other people, going to social interactions without an agenda, and just taking an interest in other people as people, not as conquests, not as objects of your desire, um, and just basically making friends. That's a great way to begin to build your reputation because you do need some sort of reputation to be able to engage in the scene successfully um, because most people don't want to play with somebody unless they can vet them. And we'll talk about vetting in a second. I think another way that you can build your reputation might be via online communities, but I don't know a lot about that. I, I'm very uncomfortable in online communities. I just am very anti-technology and want to do everything in person, so... I know I'm only 31 years old and I sound like I'm a lot older, but that's just a thing for me. <laughs> um, but anyways, another way to socially um, engage with people, to meet people and to start to build your reputation is to go to munches. And that's a really, really solid way of starting to get to know your, your local community. And I think it's good to have uh, a couple of munches that you frequent Um I really, really miss the Sherman Oaks Munch. Just a random call out. They haven't done it in a long time, ever since uh, quarantine. But Michelle has a Munch, the Lost and Found Munch, and that's once a month. Um, and that's just a kind of a fun vibe. So, um, plug. but what plug? Oh yeah. Um, but an obvious way as well to build your reputation is to go to parties. All of these things that I'm saying will require you to conduct yourself well. In order for this to build your reputation in a positive direction, and I'm sorry to tell you, by the way, that you can't opt out of building a reputation. Eventually, you're going to build one, so it's your decision how you conduct yourself. The if only you're way, involved. yeah, the only way to avoid it is to not be involved at all, and at that point, you're really not in the scene.
1: Um, yeah. So, you know how when you join FetLife, your your default profile picture is a big question mark. That also represents your reputation until you start to activate in the scene.
0: Yeah. I would say some things that I find to be positive. If I'm interacting with somebody on FetLife and they send me a friend request and they happen to know me or they meet me in a group setting or if I'm vetting them – I do look at their life profile, so it could help you to build your reputation if you fill out your profile and take it kind of seriously and make it clear in your profile that you're a person who cares about others, not just about, you know, getting your rocks off. That could help you out a great deal. Um, I thought you were going to
1: end that with that you're a person.
0: Yes. Make it clear <laughs> that you are a person and not a non-person. Um, as far as building reputation in other ways, I know as a new top, I'm very hypervigilantly aware for the first time, really, that everything I do goes to contribute to my reputation um, as a top. So I'm very selective with who I play with. I'm very transparent and honest about my skill set and where I want to go and where I currently am. Um, And I'm very careful to be respectful um, and to be protective of my bottoms when I'm playing with them. Because I know that every bottom I play with is going to help build my reputation in a positive or negative way based on my conduct. I know that if I have poor conduct or if I make a mistake or if I do something that's harmful to a bottom while I'm in a scene with them or during the aftercare portion of that scene, I I could not only hurt them, but that's going to reflect on me as well. So for better reasons than reputation, I behave well, but I'm also aware that every person I play with is also... You know somebody that I may be using for vetting purposes to send people to vet me through, right? So these are things to think about as you're building your reputation and you're you're meeting people and you're making friends. You know, um, basically you're creating a trail all around you of how you act, who you are, what people can expect of you, if you're a safe person, etc. And the longer you're in the scene and the more friends you make, and hopefully the better behaved that you are and the conduct that you put out there that's what ends up becoming who you are seen as obviously i know that this is like legitimately 101 but it does it does need to be said and it is hopefully nice for some of you to hear that you do get to be the author in many respects of your reputation
1: so yes um and it might feel especially when you're newer like a lot of pressure um of like Oh God, I'm responsible for building a positive reputation. Also, I'm human. What if I make a mistake, right? And it kind of goes back to the saying about it's not about if you fall, it's do you get back up or whatever the saying is. <laughs> and the same goes true here, right? People are going to make mistakes, um, and that's why we're going to talk about when we when we do touch on because we have a whole episode on vetting called Vet Your Life, but We're going to touch on it a little bit in this episode, and we'll speak to this in terms of when you're vetting other people um, what to look out for with this. If you do hear about, oh yeah, this person made a mistake, it's okay You know, if you really do make a mistake and you do your best to make amends and not do it again. It's not necessarily the end of the world, as long as you do everything in your power to make it right however you can um and whoever was the on the receiving whoever was on the receiving end of said mistake is taken care of right yeah not in a take care of them kind of a way but in a take (laughs) Take care care of them them. (laughs) on that note your mistake could be witnessed and you have less control over what those people might say Um, So I kind of want to hit on that as well in terms of how to move forward from something that you've done everything you can, but other people witnessed it and are talking about it.
0: Yeah, we're going to go ahead and jump into that in just a second about how to repair a damaged reputation. Um, But basically, you can mitigate some of your risk if you are a newer person and you have less experience, because I think a lot of people make mistakes in the beginning because they are ignorant of something or they just don't have a skill built yet. Um, so it is wise to take the time necessary to, you know, get the skills you need, be they about safety or just ability to use a certain implement, etc. Work on yourself before you put your hands on another person. Um, and try to understand and learn the scene a little bit before you dive right in and start acting like you know everything about it. Because that's a big mistake people will make is they'll just be a little bit too overconfident or too arrogant when they begin. Um, so they'll they'll damage their, their reputation or maybe their reputation won't be harmed, but they physically will be harmed by somebody who's not a very good person
1: who takes oh, advantage
0: of their ignorance.
1: Honestly, people who have been in the scene for years and years and decades can fuck up. Yeah. For sometimes the same reasons, they are their ego is so inflated, they think they can do no wrong and they might, you know, get a little too casual about things like negotiation or checking in on a new play partner or what have you and that too can get people, you know, into trouble.
0: Yeah. Um, the big point here is that everybody can make mistakes, but in general, if you are behaving in an ethical way, you are being kind, you are making friends and um, you show signs of being a person who not only has integrity, but is willing to repair integrity when it's damaged, you should have a pretty good time of it building a positive reputation for yourself. Um, We're going to talk very briefly about things that you should avoid doing because they will undoubtedly damage your reputation. Um, And then we will go into, uh uh-oh, you're in a spot of trouble. You have done something that has warranted your reputation being damaged. And we'll talk about some things that could help recovery. But to be clear before we continue, there's no like list of things that guarantee that you will ever be able to rebuild your reputation depending on what has been done by you that's damaged it or what has been said about you or what the evidence is or just there's not always coming back if you have had a really bad spot um, and your reputation is really badly damaged. Usually though, I've never encountered a situation really, where a person who has behaved very ethically has not been able to recover from reputation damage. I have really only seen people who are actually typically guilty of something or guilty of some sort of bad behavior having their reputation utterly destroyed. Um, Especially
1: if they keep repeating the same type of thing.
0: Usually, even if you have a really bad situation, if you are behaving ethically and it is reasonable, like there's reasonable doubt that you didn't do the thing or, um, you know, there are signs of repairment and you are clearly taking it seriously, eventually rebuilding occurs. It's the people who refuse to take accountability or who continue to repeat the same bad behaviors that continue to have the bad reputation. That's typically what happens. There are exceptions to this. We can talk about an exception that we've seen before, but generally speaking, Um, permanent bad reputations are there because the person has earned them. Here are some things that will damage your reputation. A big one is being super sexually aggressive. So always hitting on everybody, either online or in person, making everything about sex or sexual innuendos um, or about play and treating all people around you like conquests or a specific type of person around you like conquests. This almost always ends up resulting on some level in reputation damage.
1: Yeah. And I mean, along with that, sometimes people don't realize it, but, but acting kind of creepy or inappropriate, whether it's sexual or not, um, if you're making people feel uncomfortable, even if you haven't done like a clear, you know, consent violation, for example. Um, but just if you've, I mean, this non-sexually rubbed people the wrong way in social situations or whatever. Like, again, people are going to talk. And if enough people are in agreement that they generally don't feel comfortable around you, that's not going to be good for your reputation.
0: Another thing that uh, can damage your, your reputation is if people discover that you gossip a lot for the pure sake of gossiping and spreading rumors and also that you lie or are bending the truth or spreading spreading things that you don't know to be true. So that will ultimately reflect poorly on you. People will not trust you. I mean, consent violations. <laughs> That's are a big one. Easy to point out. Yeah. There's lots of different <laughs> ways to violate consent, but the two big types that we're discussing are either sexual consent violations or in play consent violation. And both of these things are taken very seriously depending upon for instance, with play, how severe the consent violation was, whether it was intentional or accidental. Um, No matter what, it's it's taken very seriously. And, um, you know, it can absolutely reflect upon your reputation, even if you, you know, make amends and are working on yourself. It's something that can follow you for some time.
1: Yeah. What's interesting about the one you said about gossiping for the sake of gossip, it's just kind of ironic because, People observing that you just gossip for the sake of gossip will start to talk about how they can't trust you. So the it gossiping kind of
0: becomes a gossiping right. train. Well, I think <laughs> exactly. there's a difference between discussing amongst close friends well, things yeah. and actually actively spreading information or misinformation because you insert
1: yourself into things. Um, well, do you know why humans gossip? Why? It's bonding. Like, not the TV show, but like, literally, it's a, it's something that humans do to bond with other humans. It's kind of like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Not that, not exactly in that sense. But like, if you're, you can bond with other people over gossiping about others. And it is a very bonding type of ritual, if you will. Um, and is a major reason why people do it.
0: That's really creepy and interesting and fascinating, and I have so many feelings about it. It (laughs) reminds me of um, *An american Dad, Roger the Alien, promises somebody he won't say anything, and then the second that that person finishes disclosing the information, he turns over and tells another person, whispers in his ear, and the friend goes, what the hell, Roger? And he's like, what? You know this about me. I share people's personal deepest, darkest secrets to appear momentarily interesting. Like, it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just, yeah. Um, but yeah, so in the same way that we say you have control to a degree over your reputation by being kind and having good intentions, if you come into the scene and your intention is to screw around and to harm people for your own sake or self-betterment, or if you are a very self-centered person and you have a lot of problems that you are hopefully working on, but you perpetuate a lot of harm. Because of things that you know that you do that are problematic, or things that you're not fully aware of that you do that are still problematic, that will follow you. I'm um, I'm talking to you. If you're a narcissist listening to this, even if you are trying to function, you're trying they to work won't on yourself. They admit it. <laughs> I know they want to admit it even to themselves. What I'm saying, like, it's not just narcissists, but and and not all people who are abusive or who make mistakes or who do bad things are narcissists. But and
1: sometimes it might be somebody who's just real s-
0: freaking thirsty. There's also that too. There's there's lots of ways that this can go wrong. <laughs> But typically, your reputation starts to reflect poorly on you when you are in pattern. Um, So you can control some of this to a degree by just not harming people, by not
1: acting in harmful ways. Um, And if you do, be aware and try to come from a growth mindset. Yeah,
0: that's the best you can do. And and we're going to move into this next piece of how to repair Uh, in in kind of like a very like quick section here but we'll talk about some things you can do to repair and things that don't exactly work and this is very generic what we're covering right now because this is a much larger topic it's it's a big deal in the scene to be honest like well
1: and I want to kind of start with in terms of repair where you know I've seen it you've seen it listeners have probably seen it where somebody doesn't like somebody else and so they start shit and they spread rumors and whatever And if you know that you didn't do anything wrong, first of all, check that out with other sources, make sure that's the case, uh, check yourself. Or if you did do make a mistake, right. And somebody is just spreading that around constantly, but you have done your due diligence to make amends with whoever was involved, um, to do better, to grow, whatever, sometimes the best thing you can do to come back from that is to just move forward and do you with as much integrity as possible. Be the best you that you can be. um, And through your actions, show others that you are not the person that They say you are this other person is saying you are
0: well and that brings up something really important that we kind of got to address before we start talking about reparation in terms of repairing yourself or like making things right with other people. There are kind of two types of people who get their reputation damaged. The first is deserving even if it's not quite as clear cut as some people will paint it. There's a reason why they their reputation isn't very good. But there is another type of reputation damage that occurs where somebody is lying, misrepresenting, or has a vendetta against somebody. And that legitimately does happen in the scene. I don't think it happens as often as it feels, but it certainly occurs. And what happens even more than that are people who believe they're being wrongly treated or badly treated, even if they are not. It's very rare that you'll find somebody who has done something wrong who will admit, yeah, I fucked that up. And this is deserved. Most people will say, at best, I fucked that up. But it's not fair that I'm being treated this way. And you see a lot of that. Um, (laughs) Jessica comes into the scene and she's brand new. And she starts dating Veronica. Veronica's been in the scene for a very long time. And has been doing stuff for a really long time. And Jessica doesn't know anything about the scene. They date. It's going great. They're really in love. Things start to turn sour and cold. Unfortunately, they break up. That should be the end of it, right? Nobody did anything criminal. Nobody did anything wrong. But unfortunately for Jessica, Veronica has decided that Jessica is dangerous.
1: Well, and Veronica decides to pull her weight to complain to a lot of people, including people that run shit.
0: Event organizers and the like. And
1: there you go. Like, that can Suddenly, happen.
0: Jessica is not allowed to attend different types of groups, different parties in different spaces, even though really the worst thing Jessica may have done in the relationship was be guilty of having
1: a bad breakup or doing things that all humans do in breakups. And making some mistakes in that, Yeah, but nothing that should exclude them or nothing that matched what was being asked um, to have happened yeah. to them. But
0: because of, you know, Veronica's social status, she is able to make life very, very hard for this new person, Jessica, who nobody knows. This is an example of something that can happen when somebody abuses power, gossips, lies, um, and spreads rumors. And um, that's really unfortunate when this happens. And the only way to prevent this from happening usually is for event organizers and leaders to heavily investigate any reports made to them. And even then, sometimes mistakes can be made. Sometimes it comes down to he said, she said, they said, they said, what have you. And you have to go with your gut as an organizer. So while this can occur, I don't think it's the norm. I think normally we're dealing with people who end up having their reputation damaged because they've actually done some fucked up shit. Did you know that we have a website? (laughs) We are aware because we uh, worked hard on it and we had Sid work very hard on it. And Um, I,
1: I had a, a premature um,
0: <laughs> start over, start over.
1: <laughs> no, I wanted to use premature, but it's not ejaculation. I had a pre- premature, <laughs> cut uh, up so much <laughs> a premature shout out to our, to our website because I was a little early on when it would be actually ready. But now it is. There's no premature about it anymore. Well, you say you were super excited about the website? A little sure. too excited? Maybe a little too excited. There was a, a little premature sploosh. So
0: Um but the website is up. It's called K is for Kinky dot org and Org. The-
1: o R G org. Thank you. Start of orgy. Oh god. That's how people can- get <laughs> it.
0: I actually think of orgasm, but either way, same roots. <laughs> oh, that's good, too. The best part about the website, besides the fact that Sid basically designed the whole thing and is a total badass, um, is that you can sign up for our newsletter on the bottom. And this is a big plus because our previous websites didn't really have this ability. Um, we really want to encourage you to do the newsletter if, you, if you're if you interested. Um, we put it out once a month. I work way too hard on it considering like that
1: we don't have a huge audience right now for the newsletter. So, But it's not just announcing podcast episodes it has things that we've done throughout the month pictures of us pictures of the boys the kitty cats
0: yeah and there's also links to any events that we're um throwing uh, at the end of the month so please please consider signing up for the newsletter and check out our case for website today back to the episode how do you recover from something like this if it's if it's the first offense if it's minor, if it was an accident, if it was done basically not necessarily in good faith, but like through negligence versus intentionality, depending on what happened and why, you may be able to recover if you admit one, I, if you admit that you made the mistake, right? That's the first step, confessing, admitting I did this thing, Two, how can I help? Asking the person you harmed how to better yourself, seeking betterment, seeking counsel, Oftentimes, people will say you need to remove yourself from the scene for a duration of time. I think typically, what is it, three months? A month to three months?
1: Uh, I don't know if there's a typical time for that. I know that traditionally there's a 90-day tradition post-breakup sometimes from entering into new dynamics. But yeah, I don't know how much that's practiced anymore. So. Yeah.
0: The idea, though, is that the person who does something wrong, who needs to repair their reputation and who needs to also make amends and just not cause any more harm, needs to admit in full fullness and not, you know, not in their own words, like, not like, well, I kind of did it wrong, but not really. Like, to actually take real responsibility for the mistake or the harm, to ask the person who was harmed or to ask people who can help you know, what do I need to do to better myself to work on yourself to put that effort in to if, if it is a, a mistake made out of ignorance or negligence or poor skill to develop those skills. And in that meantime, to not engage in behavior that could perpetuate similar harm.
1: And to see if there's anything that you can do for the particular person you harmed. Yeah. To help make that better.
0: That's the way that you repair your reputation and you don't get to decide typically that you're all good. The community or people holding you accountable decide you're all good. If it makes sense. So like if I punched Miss in the back upon first meeting her, because that's how I like to greet people. And she went out my back. And then so that person just punched me and it was this big to do. And I was like, oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought I was supposed to punch you or some stupid shit like that. One, I would have to be taught that that's not Okay. I'd have to come to the conclusion that it wasn't okay, apologize, pay for her medical bills, accept that she may never want to see me again, and accept that I might not be allowed in public spaces for a long time. I would need to probably take, like, anger management or, like, proper ways to greet people class. Like, I don't know. I've made it something ridiculous. I would then need to probably talk to her and say, hey, I've done all of these things like a year later, not like a week later, but like after some time has passed and I've held myself accountable, hey, I worked on all these things. I'd like to come back into spaces. I don't need to be where you are, but I want to know, I want you to know that I did this work and I want to make sure that you are comfortable with me coming back into spaces. Like that would be the most respectful way to deal with something like this. Or if you can't approach the person you harmed because they've told you not to, ask people around you and be held accountable. Hey, I want to come back into spaces. It's been a year since the punching incident. And I've done all of these things and I promise you I will not do this again. Can some of you help hold me accountable so that I can prove to the community I'm not a dangerous person? That is how you start to repair integrity. And part of that is accepting that sometimes the answer might be one you don't want to hear. Like, no, you're not ready. No, we're not comfortable. No, you can't come back. Um, I'm sorry, that's the example I use, Miss Jen. I would never want to punch you in the back. That would never happen. Well, unless you were like, I need a massage. Can <laughs> well, you yeah, hit I was my shoulder? Say, sometimes
1: it could be a good thing. <laughs> no, but I'm
0: just saying. And I use that example because it's not at all something that we've ever encountered because it's kind of so out of the blue. But those are ways you can repair your reputation. And then also beyond that, um, actually being transparent about transgressions you've had in the past, being transparent about the growth and the work that you've done and are doing, and not pretending like it didn't happen, and also, for the love of God, making sure that you are actively trying to prevent yourself from perpetuating the same harm again, and that you have people around you who can help hold you accountable. These are things that you would need to do to repair reputation, and then, of course, for the rest of your time, conduct yourself well. That's that's what you do, and over time, your reputation can be changed, but you might never return to the heights, quote-unquote, you were at, depending on how severe your transgression was and what you did. Um, So the reason we're talking about this, to be real, is that there are plenty of people in the scene who are big names, who have been called out and in, um, who continue to do things the way they want to do them, even though harm has been done, without holding themselves accountable to their victims. They may have done certain aspects of these steps, but not fully or not correctly. So for instance, apologizing on their own terms and in a way that wasn't well-received by the victims. So not really apologizing, right? Or engaging in betterment, self-betterment practices and, and work, but not really. They are judging when they're done working. They, the corrupt person who did the bad thing, is deciding how and when they will work on themselves and how and when they, they are re- done, ready to be done working on themselves. And then they are seeking to be in positions of power or to go back to the heights they were at. They are seeking to perpetuate the same patterns. And they are confused as to why the community does not receive them well.
1: Yeah, and it's a tough situation, right? Because, you know, part of it is going, okay, seek accountability from those who are not just your blind cheerleaders. Um, Because everybody, I don't care how badly they've, acted, everybody has a group of cheerleaders. Everybody has a group of people that see the best in them, that will support them like no matter what. Um, And so you might say, okay, we'll get some accountability people who are not those people who are willing to call you out. The issue becomes, are there people willing to hold you accountable? Are there people willing to step up and call you out on things um, who maybe are not the direct recipients of the bad behavior, right? Because we can't necessarily put that responsibility on the people or person you harmed. So it's not the easiest thing. It really isn't. Um, I want to talk
0: for a second about why people get and find themselves in that position. If you are not well known and you make a mistake, like Let's say that uh, George plays with Matilda uh, and George, George is told by Matilda, don't ever pinch my sides. And George is having a great scene with Matilda and he leans in to hug her and he forgets himself for whatever the reason might be. He drops the fucking ball and he pinches her sides. George has now fucked up. He violated her consent and unfortunately, Matilda has a trigger as a result of this. This is George's fault. No matter what George did or didn't do on purpose, He failed as the top, and he endangered that person. He violated her consent. She had a trigger. It's now up to George to acknowledge that mistake, to do whatever he needs to do to help Matilda as much as he can, even if that is get away from me and find someone else to help me. And then it's George's job not to make Matilda like him or to stop Matilda from sharing the experience, but to look at himself and go, how could I have erred in this way? What do I need to change How can I make amends? How can I do work on myself so that I don't harm other people and so that she knows that I won't hurt her again? She might never want to play with him again, and that's reasonable, but it doesn't end there. It shouldn't end with her and that experience. Now he needs to go and work on himself, right? Like that's a small time situation in a small enclosed environment, and if neither of these people are very well known in the scene, it might not be public knowledge, And that can be both a good and bad thing. The good part is that both of them can move on and potentially grow and learn without having either of their reputations or their lives majorly impacted. The bad news is George might choose not to work on himself because nobody's holding him accountable. And that's bad. And that can happen. So that's kind of like the plus and minus of not being the public eye. But a lot of the people who are in the public eye are committing large patterns of bad behavior it's not just a one-time thing that happened 10 or 20 years ago it's something that's happening over and over and over again and there are many victims and they are refusing essentially to be held accountable in ways that would be reasonable for the proportion of the harm they've caused so like I want to be clear that while I it sickens me the thought of you know being in a position where I would be having caused that much harm and I would have to do that much work and possibly lose everything, right? If I had done that much harm, the consequence or the punishment would be proportionate. And that's kind of the point. You know, people shouldn't be taken out of the scene or held accountable publicly for doing a single mistake. It's when you are abusing your power or when you are harming lots of people, that's when you tend to be called out typically, so as much as it's like, oh, that sucks that they have to do a ton of accountability work, it's like, oh, that actually matches the shit that they pulled. Yeah, Absolutely do listen to victims, especially if there is more than one. You're looking at a pattern. It's very unlikely that a pattern of people would come forward and have similar stories and that all of them are lying. Um, and definitely question, like, why the person who's the perpetrator or the person who's being held accountable or whose reputation is being damaged, question why they aren't doing the work that they would need to do. Because that's really what it comes down to. If somebody is doing the work and listening to the victims and taking accountability, they wouldn't put themselves and their wants and needs above those of their victims. That's just a flat out, like, that's just true. You know, so don't have too much compassion for the perpetrator hanging out on the top of the pyramid who's saying, oh, everybody's making a victim of me. Like, have compassion for the victims and, and try to ascertain if... There's a reason why this person is disliked or being spoken
1: about. And on the opposite end of that, if you, you know, have one person who's speaking negatively about someone, but a bunch of other people who are like, no, they're great. Keep that in mind as well. Right. Like the situation with George and Matilda, you know, you could have observer Jane who (laughs) walks away from that, not really knowing them personally, seeing the mistake done And then talking about that, not even knowing what reparations were made, right? Um, Just talking about what they observed. And so if you talk to that person, they might go, oh, yeah, George, not good news. But you might have 10 more people that are like, George is great. And if you talk to George, George, if George says, yeah, you know what? I made this mistake one time. I done fucked up. Here's what I did to repair it, right? Right. And I have not made that mistake again.
0: Yeah. And that's actually a really good note. And we talked about this for vetting, our vetting episode, but it's always best if you can, um, to approach the person you're hearing the rumor about or who you're, you're hearing has the damaged reputation. It's best to approach them directly just to hear from them because you can gauge a lot from that.
1: Yeah. Any firsthand people involved, like is better than twice and three times removed
0: it may not be reasonable for you to go up to them or to insert yourself into that situation. And I think that's kind of what leads me into this next point, which is there is a difference between engaging in a vetting process or like letting your friends know if you think somebody might be harmful or if you've heard something fishy. There's a difference between that and deliberately gossiping or spreading rumors for the sake of being the center of attention or Just for the sake, yeah. What (laughs) bonding? For the sake of bonding, yeah. There's a huge difference between those things, and there's definitely a difference between um, having a personal concern over interacting with somebody and talking nonstop, especially online, about people that you either don't personally know, you haven't encountered. Um, or about just attacking somebody's person beyond the realm of what is reasonable.
1: There's a difference between saying or there's an importance in saying here's information that is firsthand my own experience with this person versus I have heard from several people this same story or same type of story about this person, but I cannot speak to it from my own experience Versus, oh yeah, I heard from somebody that this person blah blah blah, right? You're going, you're 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 going down the line in the truth is dissolving yeah. in that line of of information um, because anybody that has firsthand experience that's going to be your number one go to people who are actually there, people who are actually involved. Um, you know, I can, like, if somebody's vetting somebody through me, I will tell them, like, hey, this person is a friend of mine. But if you're vetting for play, I have never played with this person, um, nor have I seen them play. So I'm very clear about, I can give no guarantees and no information, good or bad, on this person's play style or how they are as a play partner. All I can tell you is that we're friends, like that's it. And and keep it specific as opposed to, you know, going to somebody and saying and me saying, well, I don't have any direct experience. Also, <laughs> I've heard from many people who have played with this person X, Y and Z. So take that with a grain of salt because it was not my personal experience, but it has been a similar story from various sources that I have received. So I think just being specific about the information you're giving in that way can also make a world of difference.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting because I definitely want to advise people not to gossip for no reason. And I also want to define gossip as needless sharing of personal information, including identifying features like names with people who are not your close friends just for the sake of spreading that information versus the importance in the scene of being able to verbally by word of mouth vet, which is huge. It's a really big part of the scene. There's a difference between vetting and gossiping. And I think a lot of that difference is also intention and how you package the information like Miss Jen said. Um, like if your intention is, hey, I have a reason to need to know. I'm gonna play with this person, or I'm planning to play with them or date them, and I actually really need to know more about them. Then you've got a good reason to be asking questions if you're like, "Oh, I really want to hear more about Jeremy and bianca yeah like
1: if, if you're if this conversation starts with, Oh my God, did you hear about chances are <laughs> It's gossip.
0: Yeah. And if a person has no reason to be involved in a situation,
1: but they know everything about it
0: and they're talking about it nonstop, that's not good either.
1: We're presenting gossip as a very negative thing, but also it's not to say that it doesn't have a place in society as a way to bond with friends or to be able to vent about things, right? <laughs> and its I think it's more of a matter of one-on-one talking to a trusted friend and being able to vent about stuff versus publicly to tell this to everybody I can get an ear from or putting it out there publicly.
0: Yeah. How do you translate gossip and word of mouth into the truth? I mean, Ms. Jen has kind of talked about this a little bit, but you have to look for patterns. You have to look for patterns in multiple sources. Um, You should be seeking information if you are vetting or hearing rumors from people that are not all related. So like, if you're talking only to a specific friend group, all of whom share the same opinion about somebody, you're going to get very similar stories. If you're talking to the person who's being directly accused, you're going to get a different story. Um, I find this all the time when we're trying to vet for pro- like the high protocol project or for anything that we do. We ask people directly to give us sources and obviously they're going to give us sources of people that they trust. All we're really saying is who are your friends when we ask that question because while we do check the vetting sources, uh, it's very unlikely that people are putting people there that are neutral. Most people are going to list names of those they are friends with when you ask them who you should vet them through. So that's only one layer of vetting. That's only one way of doing it. You do want to kind of get a broader range of sources. Um but don't believe everything you hear by word of mouth essentially believe in patterns and more importantly believe what a person shows you in their demeanor and their
1: behavior when somebody shows you who they are you should believe them yeah you should believe them it's
0: true it's a really good quote when somebody shows you who they are believe them but also keep track of red flags that you do gather from stories you hear um And keep an eye. If you're dating somebody, you're going to play with somebody who's got a lot of stories and you're deciding, hey, I'm I'm not necessarily rolling the dice, but I'm going with my gut. My gut tells me this person might be okay. Still, keep your eyes open about them. But I'm going to tell you a little bit of a, not secret, but like just something to to hear. We all eventually, if you're in the scene long enough, make non-friends of people. I don't want to say enemies. (laughs) But you're going Frenemies. to rub some people the wrong way. You're going to butt heads with some people.
1: I can list everybody's cup of tea. No.
0: I can list on one hand the number of people I've met who probably would not have nice things to say about me. It's not necessarily a growing number. It's rare and it's few and far between, but it happens. Um, and I'm sure they're out there. And I cannot control what people say or do. None, none of us can. And, and so in the same way, I go into the world with the awareness that when somebody tells me something negative about another person... They may not have they may or may not have an agenda. They may or may not have misinformation. They they're giving me information, but I have no idea if that information is going to actually be as valuable as they're presenting it. It might be really slanted. I don't allow gossip specifically or word of mouth specifically by itself to tell me what I'm going to think about a person because I know that I would certainly hope somebody would come to me and get to know me first or talk to lots of people around me first before believing in one bad story about me. So I try to give the same the same benefits to other people.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about as a therapist when I work with couples, right? I could have, let's say if there's like a husband and a wife, right? I could have the wife, you know, sit down and, and be the first one to talk from her perspective and if I didn't know any better, I might be team wife, right? And just be like, Oh my God, like yes, I hear you. This motherfucker this, over this here guy, never puts his clothes right? in the basket. <laughs> um, and I could be thinking, like, she is a hundred percent a fucking angel. Um, and and he sucks. Um, and I will tell you right now, I mean, I obviously know better than that. I know better than that because what happens inevitably is that the other person comes in and tells things from their perspective and suddenly you have a much more balanced story. And that's why people say there's three sides to every story. There's one person's side, the other person's side, and the truth is probably somewhere in between. And it's true. There, it's when you hear something from a person Take it with a grain of salt until you either heard it from a lot of different people or you've actually spoken to those who were directly involved. Yeah.
0: I'll also say, like, something that I keep an eye out for when I'm interacting with people is how quickly people rush to war with others. Like, I tend to distrust people who are really antagonistic um, when it comes to what not only what they feel about others – but what they expect you to feel upon sharing with you. So if somebody's like, I just told you that person A is such a jerk and they're this and that. So why are you even talking to them? Or you better not go there. I don't want you to go to this place. I don't want you to do this thing. Like that to me is a yucky thing. Like I have a place that I don't go and a person that I don't associate with. And I do not expect anyone else except probably my actual partner to – Carry my cause or to support that. I might tell friends if I think somebody is dangerous or I think something's not safe, if they're close or good friends, and if I'm worried they might be directly in harm's way or something like that. But it's not a good practice to try to make everybody join you in a crusade against someone because it kind of makes you look a little bit like you have an agenda and like you're going after. And that could harm your reputation. And also, it's not necessary. And I feel like that needs to be said. In the way – in today's day and age in the scene, it's not necessary to go on witch hunts and it's not necessary for the most part to really dogpile on or attack somebody. Sometimes it is, but very rarely.
1: If somebody's fucking up and they're not making amends and they're not taking responsibility, chances are they're going to keep fucking up and chances are that alone – We'll point them out to other people. If you're listening to this and you've been the victim of like a major consent violation, for example, and you're hearing us talk about things in a nuanced way or, you know, coming to conclusions that you have an automatic response of like, fuck that. um, (laughs) Realize that a lot of what we're discussing or thinking about as we discuss it are not necessarily always huge consent violations. Um, they are sometimes true mistakes. And so I know that oftentimes we listen to things, we go to classes and and we hear things and take things in from behind our own filter, right? Our own experiences. Um, so I just wanted to kind of reiterate what I think, Eden, you were trying to say, which is we're talking about a full broad spectrum of, of whoopsies to Actual serious like
0: <laughs> – and it's kind of hard because there is a reason why we should treat consent violations that are true and harmful and se- like very severe in one way and minor consent violations in another. It doesn't mean they don't all matter, that they don't all require reparation and self-work and, and like, you know, uh, acknowledgement and apology and all of these things. It means that some things you can come back from and some things are human error, mistakes – Uh, Some things can be repaired, and then some things can't. I think a majority of the time, the scene would be better off if we called people in more, talked with them more, dealt with them in a way that we focused on how to repair, and if people were more willing to admit when they're wrong. A lot of us fall somewhere closer to, oops, I touched your arm on accident. I think a lot of us fall more on that side of, I make mistakes and I do harm on occasion because I am negligent, ignorant, or I'm still growing. And for those of you who are listening who are there, remember that it's okay to make mistakes as long as you apologize and you grow and you do better. In summation, in order to have a good reputation, you should be a good person. Live your life the way that you should and be the person that you think that you should be in terms of be the best person you can be.
1: Even when no one's looking.
0: Yeah. And when you make mistakes, apologize for those mistakes, make amends, and do better.
1: Do we need to shout out? We need to shout out. Pudding.
0: Pudding. Um I, I dubbed pudding pudding cup. Pudding pop. You've been dubbed pudding cup or pudding pop. Um, Pudding is our Call Me Kinkling. I say our Call Me Kinkling as the only one. She's the only one. <laughs> but you could also become She's a Call so Me lonely. Kinkling. She's so lonely. She said, needs
1: friends.
0: I said Call Me. A Call Me Kinkling. Uh, if you would like to join our Patreon, go check it out. It's awesome. Patreon slash case for Kinky. Lots of different perks for different levels. Yeah. And we also want to shout out our amazing team, Lena and Tussled. Tussled does all of our cheeky notes and has also been helping us with uh, research and content generation. We, of course, have the amazing Sid, who is the mastermind behind building the Discord and our website, kisforkinky.org. Kisforkinky.org. Watch KisforKinky.org. 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 It's the best site in the world. Go check it out. Okay, I'll do that. Um, that commercial's done. Okay, I need you to stop me when I do these things. You have to stop me when I do weird commercials and different voices. As soon as you hear weird voices, you should be taking the mic.
1: I can't reach the mic.
0: You need, you need to find another way.
1: <laughs> Throw something
0: um, and then, of course, we want to thank lena lena has been with us for a very long time as a fan and then as a uh, moderator on our discord she's just amazing she's, she's a great our person resident vampire She is a resident vampire and we really hope that she will visit us soon because we would like to hang out with her no, we have
1: to go visit her
0: in the moon because the sun will burn her and she'll turn into a, a french fry version of lena
1: we have to visit her because it's an excuse to take a vacation to canada
0: yeah so you know we'll figure it out thank you so much for sticking with us through this episode we look forward
1: to seeing you next month in july and a good way to gossip is by spreading the the word of this podcast K's to your friends for gossip kinky. all about us in a good way yeah thank you so much <laughs> and help us build a reputation that's right all <laughs> five right stars all right thank you precious <laughs> kinkling miss I guess what
0: i rate you five stars Thanks. five stars and five purple hearts yes. all right bye later kinkinators <laughs> oh my god